Welcome to the Extra Podcast. This is episode number 269. My name is Greg. I am your host for the day. And joining me around the table are two bald men who hold a special place in our staff. Andy Steiger. And Kyle Meeker. That's right. Greggy should join us. You know what? See, it only lasts for a few weeks to a couple months maybe, and yours will grow back just the way it is, and you'll know what it's like. I've done the shaved head. Really? Yeah. Have you really? Yep. With a Bic? They tried, and my hair was too thick. No. Now you're just rubbing it in. How dare you? Too (laughs) thick to Bic. (laughs) So There's parts of my head that I don't even need to Bic anymore. (laughs) I know. Your hair breaks the razor. Yeah. That's... Yeah, uh, sorry. A, you know, it's just rude, Greg. <laughs> yeah, yeah I Kyle, Kyle I didn't and bring I, it up. We get confused for each other a lot. Apparent, I don't have glasses. Kyle does, and apparently, that's all that distinguishes <laughs> us from one another. It's kind of like Clark Kent. Yeah, like all of a sudden he's got glasses. So that, on. That, Clark wait a second, Kent. wait a second, wait a second. Glasses that makes me Superman. that makes me like the journalist, and that makes you the superhero, Superman. That's pretty much okay, what I was going okay, for. Just, just want to make sure the analogy. <laughs> just by that. Yeah, I just want to make sure where you're going with that analogy. I wonder if people actually think you're the same person. No, like they do. They do. They just think you're like Andy, Andy, Kyle. Oh, you mean in that way? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's possible. I Maybe anything. Kind of like a super pastor. Kevin Garnett has taught us that anything is possible. <laughs> it's a basketball <laughs> reference from 2008, 10 something. Kyle, you are very excited to try something on air for the first time. Yeah, I've had this lingering cough for a number of weeks through the summer. And Is it more uh, like never, months? You've had yeah, this thing it's for a while. while. Anyway, so uh, I've never actually tried Fisherman's Friend. And so I got a package of it and thought I'd give I'm it a sample. I'm pretty sure they're made out of fish and there is no friend to be had in there, no, my friend. Have you had them? They're terrible. Well, wait, easy. Spoiler I mean, they're, alert. they're great. Kyle, Kyle let us they're know. delicious. He's currently he's evaluating. Kyle is. If I've, you've ever seen a fisherman friend, by the way, it's brown, like exactly what you think um, a chopped up fish made into a pill would look like. Actually, I kind of like it. I, yeah, this is good. It's got like I mean, a, it's flavorful. It's got this unique. Uh, it's a little bit sweet, but it's got this menthol-y, almost like licorice. Isn't it? I was going to say, it's like it could be in the black licorice family. Yeah, and I do enjoy black licorice. It's like the bald cousin of black licorice. I hear I hear as well that you like super spicy stuff. Oh, yeah, the hotter the better. Like if, Imran says that he can't even compete with your level of spicy. Yeah, if I, if, if I sweat during a meal because it's so spicy, that's a good thing. Dude, My wife doesn't necessarily think so, but... <laughs> Wow, I, I'm not there, man. I'm not a spicy guy. I don't, I don't care for the spice. I don't want to be patting my forehead down. No. I don't want to be perspiring over my meal. No, that's not fun. No. Well, spice it up, guys. That's all I have to say. <laughs> spice it up. I've heard that, uh, like Imran doesn't like spicy food. He's one of our associate pastors on staff, and he, when he calls like Indian food places, either he has to get his wife to call because she's white and sounds white doesn't have an accent an Indian accent and uh, so she'll have to call to order the food I'm not I'm, I'm not getting that why Why would that need to be because he's like when he when he it? orders it and he says can you make it mild they still make oh. it really spicy oh okay so when there's he calls, a different level of spicy he calls sometimes and says I need you to make this white person mild so it's white spicy and not mm. white spicy right 
So there is this like whole we're, another we're category in other words. that we don't even have access to unless we <laughs> ask for it. So Kyle, you need to start saying like, don't give me the white person treatment. Like I want, bring it, yeah. bring, bring the heat. Gloves off, bring it. I'll do that. And then you'll there perspire. You uh, guys, it's fall is fast approaching, which means a lot of things are gearing up here at Northview. So we've done this a few times. Hey, Greg, let's take this moment to do some shameless plugs. That's a great idea. <laughs> we've done this actually a few times uh, in, in the history of the extra podcast where we have spent most of the episode talking about things that can come up that people can get plugged into in the fall because as routines start up, we want to get people in the loop about what's going on. So we will answer one question from a listener, uh, but first we want to do some shameless plugging. So uh, Andy, what do you got shameless plug wise? Uh, Young adults kicking off September 9th uh, here at Northview. We will be most likely in center court. We were going to be outside, but if you've looked at the forecast lately, Summer's over, and in mm. fact, let me just take a quick peek here. It looks as though summer will be officially over tomorrow. There you have it. Wow. Rain. We're recording this on Tuesday. Yeah, it's going to rain Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Possibility of some sun and cloud on Monday, and then rain on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, there you have it. Summer's over, but uh, kickoff's going to be taking place. You know what? I didn't even think about this. Hopefully. Okay, so... NYA, Young Adults, is kicking off September 9th at uh, 7.30 here at North. You'd love to see you. But then we've got the big kickoff Mm -hmm. happening September 11th. That's right. That was kind of my past to you. Yep. So at the Abbotsford campus, we're doing uh, a a joint fall kickoff for both Abbotsford and Mission Campus to kick off the year. And uh, this year we are, uh, in past years, we've done a praise night in the evening uh, this year, we're just going to have our Sunday night gathering service. So if you wanted to come to fall kickoff in the afternoon from, I believe it's 2 to 2 six. to 6, you could come yeah. to that and then join us at SNG And then 4 p.m. is dinner. That's right. Hot dogs and some good stuff for dinner at 4 p.m. And then the following weekend, September 18th, is a Mission Campus launch party. So we've already launched the campus, but we haven't really done anything in the city to tell kind of the community at large that, hey, we have a church here. And yeah. so that's going to be September 18th, and you are more than welcome to come out and meet some of the good folks in Mission, some of whom might go to our church, and hopefully a lot of people who are just checking it out for the first time to get access to bouncy castles and hot dogs. Nice. And, which, by the way, there is some fantastic stuff there. There's tons of bouncy castles. There's cotton candy. There's snow cones. There's RC cars. There's beach volleyball. There's all kinds of stuff. We'd love to see you out for that. It's a great opportunity to bring somebody, bring a friend. Um, but also, there we got an interesting event coming up September 17th, uh, a prayer conference. Hmm. Um, anybody got – I know that that goes from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Kyle, are you a part of that? Um, I won't, won't be there, but, um, yeah, that'll be a great opportunity to, to dive deeper into prayer, to learn about prayer, and, and to actually practice praying, uh, to talk uh, with God in heaven in community and to um, do that with other believers. Um, all these things are on the website, so we encourage you as you get your kids new indoor shoes and all those things, and as you get ready for September yourselves, to check out the website, check out the bulletin, and be looking at all the things ramping up again. Um, 
community groups and CM and middle school and high school and women's ministry, all these different ministries are, are kicking it into high gear mm. in September. So it's a really great time. Uh, so, yeah, September is one of my favorite times of year because school, school starts, things get going again, get back in that, that routine. Um, yeah, so uh, be looking at the website and get plugged in uh, where you can. If you want to register for that prayer conference, it's at uh, northview.org backslash pray. Prayer? Prayer. 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 Uh, so, yeah, you can register. Get more information register for that. I think that's it. Do we got anything else, I think, to to flog? No? The only other thing was uh, on Sunday, some of you may have heard Jeff announce that we're moving yeah. to three services. Yeah, so the very strong likelihood of us becoming a three-service on a Sunday morning church, which means, I mean, there's some implications for that because we don't get access to extra hours in the morning now, so that means our services will be generally What are the service shorter. times that we're looking at? It, has that have been, we I don't know that? if we've confirmed the service times. Yeah, I don't know if they've been finalized 100% yet. Yeah, because uh, we were looking at three different ones, so we should probably wait until that gets finalized. We will wait. Stay tuned for more announcements. The service I was in over the weekend when it was announced, there was a mixture of awe and awe. Yeah, I heard there was a lot of and, gasps. And yeah. a couple chuckle. I mean, there's interesting, just a, a really broad range of reactions of, of people when they first heard the, heard the news. But um, yeah, thankfully, you know, God is bringing more people to Northview and we're growing together as a church. And so th- these are, you know, needing more space is a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. And this is one way we're looking at um, at trying to encourage people to be together uh, on the weekend in the corporate assembly to, to sing praises, to pray together, to hear God's word together. So yep. um, it's exciting, exciting if, times. I think it'd be good too if any listeners have an opinion on the uh, third third service or have a question about it, Yeah, send it in. Send it in, extra at northview.org. If you have any questions about uh, the fall that you think the extra podcast team would be helpful in answering, you could send those into extra at northview.org as well. Yeah, there are a few questions on the docket that um, I'd love to have Jeff address. So he's not able to be here right now. So continue. In, in addition to all the other things happening in September, <laughs> uh, continue uh, with the extra podcast. That's right. They won't all be like this. <laughs> is what this we're is promising. a great podcast, Greg. This is one. This one's only okay <laughs> so far and i give i give two hearty thumbs up to fisherman's friend really i do i like it a lot i like it a lot <laughs> <laughs> well let's get into the question man yeah here we go so we had one listener send in a question um it has to do with leviticus actually which andy you've you did some work in the book of leviticus for your sermon this yeah, summer about leviticus, tattoos yeah 1928 so here, tattoo or not tattoo. So here's a question uh, out of Leviticus. It says, people often cite Leviticus 18 verse 22 to condemn homosexuality. How come we can use this passage to condemn homosexuality, but we obviously disobey other parts of the Levitical law? So Kyle, do you have Leviticus, Leviticus 18, 22 up or no? I, I actually don't. Okay. Um, but this is a, a great question because... Um, when we as Christians say, well, because of because of the Bible, because of what God says, we think life should be structured this way and we should act in such, in such a manner, uh, people look at the Bible and say, well, but you're not doing it here. Why not? Mm. Um, so this is a great, um, great question, not just for um, sexual ethics, mm. uh, but just how do, you, how do you read the Bible? How do you understand the Bible? How do you then apply 
apply the Bible. So what was the verse again? 18. <laughs> <laughs> I guess 18 verse 22. Uh, 1822, um, you shall not lie with a male as a woman. It is an abomination. So it's a pretty pretty straightforward, but then there's other parts of the Le- Levitical law which talks about not eating um, anything that comes from a pig. Um, so you can't have pork chops or bacon or, hmm. um, you know, back bacon or any of these other things that um, – that we in our culture many times which if you saw what i ate last night you would know that i broke that law yeah so why why is it (laughs) people people from the outside especially well why are you criticizing one activity Mm -hmm. a sexual activity Mm -hmm. but you're wholeheartedly you even joke about what you eat like that you love bacon so much and look in leviticus it says you shouldn't be eating bacon Mm -hmm. and you joke about it so Mm -hmm. why you christians simply picking and choosing your, your picking and choosing simply shows your own prejudices. Mm-hmm. So how, how does this work out? This, by the way, worked out in the sermon I preached as well mm-hmm. on tattoos because mm-hmm. uh, in verse 27 of Leviticus 19, uh, it, it says not to cut the sides of your temple or mar the edges of your beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then verse 28 tells you not to cut yourself or to tattoo yourselves for the dead. So. It's kind of interesting to me that you'll have people who say, "Hey, you shouldn't get tattoos." Leviticus nineteen twenty eight, but you know nobody's looking at Leviticus nineteen twenty seven. But it, then it raises the question: Well, then how do I decide if I'm gonna? Am I gonna listen to Leviticus twenty eight and not twenty seven? Mm. Do I listen to both mm-hmm. of them? You know, what do we do? Yeah, so is 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 the the point of the Bible simply to confirm our own uh, prejudices and pre, uh, presuppositions and? Well, that's one of the challenges, isn't it? Because if basic, then this is one of the things that in the sermon that I talked on, you can see it online. My point to my sermon actually wasn't talking about whether or not you should get a tattoo or not. The point was, how do you read the Bible? And that's really what we're talking about here is how do you read the Bible correctly? Because what a lot of people do is they parachute into the Bible and they'll often either look for something that's just meaningful to them or they look to try to find where they where the Bible says what they want the Bible to say. Mm. Uh, instead of reading and understanding the Bible correctly. Yeah, so there's two, I mean, there's, there's lots of important steps in reading and interpreting and then applying the scriptures, um, looking at what it says, um, knowing what it says, and then then living out what it says. Um, but, but one of the images that I will often think of and use is to think about a forest. If you want to know the, the, the scope of a forest, one way to do that is to parachute in and look at individual trees and measure the circumference and mm. maybe even cut one down occasionally and count the rings and um, you know see how tall it is and all the, those different things. And know the individual trees or the individual, individual verses, in this case, really, really, really well know those verses. But you don't to know the forest isn't just about knowing a few of the trees. You need a, the higher perspective. Um, maybe before you jumped out of the plane and parachuted yeah. in, you need a higher perspective of, okay, what's, what are the boundaries of the forest? Where does it start? Where does it end? What are the different mountains and contours and lakes within the forest? Uh, so you need that 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 overall perspective. And I this call is it a top-down Yeah, top-down yeah. or bottom-up, top-down. Yeah. There's another way to look at it where you, you need um, the, the biblical storyline as that top-down or that overview of, okay, well, how does this then fit in with what God is saying through redemptive history. And this is a this is an absolute key principle that a lot of people miss, and that is that the Bible encompasses an entire story. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. Because what I one of the things I find is that people will tend to read the Bible in a way in which they don't read any other document. Uh, 
and and then I think one of the things that has kind of made this worse is in the 13th century we added chapters, in the 16th century we added verses, and that really lended it or made it easier for people to kind of parachute in and just jump into a specific verse and to miss the whole story mm. that you find yourself in the midst of of what's being communicated. Mm. Yeah, this is part of the reason that um, reading scripture and living in community is so important because you have your own experiences and your own understanding of scripture, but you bring that to a community that also has lots of experiences and lots of understanding, you know, has a broader <laughs> breadth of the biblical storyline in mind and other verses. So you can take your understanding, add it to the collective community, uh, and see how, just like the Bereans in, in Acts, uh, when Paul went to Berea with the gospel, um, they didn't say, oh, Paul, you're, you're an apostle. Awesome. We'll just do whatever you say. They listened to him. But then they checked the scriptures, and um, mm -hmm. Paul called them very noble for doing so. He wasn't like, "Hey, dude, I'm gonna dudes and dudettes. I'm an apostle. <laughs> Bereans, you know, just listen to me. God has anointed me for this task to come to the Gentiles to tell you about Jesus. Mm -hmm. So listen." <clears throat> um, he didn't say that or have that attitude. He said, "Here is how God has been working. Here's how to best understand the Hebrew scriptures. So listen to me, but don't just take it from me. Check it with the scriptures themselves. So we need to have that attitude as well." Hmm. So, with that in mind, then let's get to the nitty gritty. That's what I was going to say. Can you eat bacon or not? You know, are homosexual acts well, you know, and, right and, or wrong? And here's my question: too is how do you discern which commands in the Old Testament are binding in the New Covenant, and which ones are simply done away with because it's part of the Old Covenant? Now, I, so to okay. add another question. Um, if we were living when Moses wrote this, would you, mm. in good conscience, eat the bacon, Andy, on wrapped around your pork chop, which is has a butterflied hot dog on top of it? Okay, so if I was living in the time of Moses when Le Leviticus was written, is this the question you're asking me? Yeah. yeah. Would I would I eat bacon? Right. Well, at that no, I wouldn't. Right. So th this is a. a Yes, yeah, so we live in a different time. So going back to Greg's, how do you how do you decide? Is does it just end up with well, bacon's pretty good, but other other sexual ethics I'm going to frown upon. So it's it's interesting as we get into this because the question that Greg is posing is a question slightly nuanced that the Jews continually ask Jesus. Mm. They kept asking him, okay, Jesus, listen, we're trying to follow Levitical law. We're, we're trying to, you know, be good Jews, and we don't want to break God's law. So, so Jesus, which one's the most important one? Mm. Like, give us the big one so that we at least don't screw that one up, mm. and, you know, and then we'll work on the rest of them. Mm. And Jesus gave the same answer repeatedly, and it wasn't a new answer. It was the old answer. It's the same answer, and that, that gets back to this idea that you're reading the Bible as a whole. What, what, has been the, what has been the answer from the very beginning? What was the point of the story from the very beginning? And that's relationship with God, relationship with people. And, and Jesus refers to them back to the Shema, Leviticus chapter 6, that starts with the Hebrew word Shema, which is here. You know, mm -hmm. hero um, Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. And then, you know, the verse, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then Jesus adds to it Leviticus 19, verse 18, and love your neighbor as yourself. So he's, he's pointing them back to this idea that you were created for the, the purpose of relationship with God and relationship with each other. And that this is the crux of the, the, the story. This is the problem. Mm. 
mm. is that you're not in right relationship with God and you're not in right relationship with each other and you can't fulfill the 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 law yeah so the living in the time of Moses um, homosexual activity bad bacon bad living in the new covenant after Jesus uh, homosexual activity we're saying as Christians in the, in the biblical storyline is still uh, still bad but bacon's okay so why that why that specific shift um, and, and part of it has to do with the relationship and will you will you listen to God and hear God and will you understand how the Hebrew scriptures are pointing toward Christ as the fulfillment and then what does he then do with these commandments because Jesus says that right in Matthew 5 verse 18 verse 17. I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill the law. Right. So what does a fulfilled law look like? Mm. Well, it looks like man in right relationship with God and right relationship with each other, which can only happen through Right, Jesus. so how does that right relationship play out sexually and mm. dietarily with, with bacon? And as you see Jesus and his teaching and the completion fulfillment of the law, and then you see the apostles uh, continuing on the teaching of Christ, uh, you see that the, the sexual ethic remains as far as you know god's um ideal of one man one woman for one mm -hmm. lifetime goes all the way back to the garden of eden uh, so the sexual ethic hasn't changed hasn't changed it yeah. remains uh, but the dietary distinctions uh have have changed uh, what in the uh, hebrew scriptures was to distinguish the people of israel from the nations around them and show their uniqueness in in this way and lots and lots of other ways including loving god and loving other people um, those dietary identification markers are no longer in, in play. Um, mm -hmm. We see this pretty clearly spelled out in Acts 10. Mm -hmm. uh, when Peter has a, a vision, he goes to a Gentile Cornelius, and God gives him a vision of, of all these unclean animals, and he says, take up and eat, take up and eat, take up and eat. And Peter, uh, because of his history, because of his, his love for God's law, in Leviticus in particular, he's like, no, no, how, I've, I've lived my whole life not, you know, knowing that this is not what God wants us to do. Mm. But now that Christ has come, he had, he had to make a, a change and a revision of his understanding of the dietary aspect of the law as a, as a distinguishing marker of God's people. Because that, and I think this is important, that, you know, setting apart of Israel and that distinguishing had a purpose, right? That distinguished mm. Israel from all other nations. And now there was a new marker that was going to distinguish the people of God from all others, and that would be the Holy Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit was unifying. You know, the, the gospel, the good news was to go to all nations, and that wasn't something um, that Jesus kind of came on the scene and said, hey, this is a good idea. This goes all the way back to Genesis 12 and the Abrahamic covenant. I will make you a blessing, and you uh, will be a blessing to all people. Um, so the, this eventual offspring of Abraham would then be the blessing that would come to every, every people group, every nation on the mm -hmm. planet. Uh, so Peter is has this moment of existential crisis, and God gives him a vision. You know, I I, I haven't eaten this. I, I'm not going to eat this because I'm not going to associate with Gentiles. Uh, but then God brings him to a Gentile, a God fearing Gentile, and Cornelius, mm. and and through that encounter, um, the Spirit comes and 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 validates the inclusion of the Gentiles uh, in Peter's mind, and he says, "Well, if this is what God's doing, you know, I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to rethink." the way I've thought about the Hebrew scriptures mm. in light of who Christ is and in light of the new covenant now. Yeah, and him the Mosaic, fulfilling the yeah. law. So the, the covenant we live in now is the new covenant of the spirit living within us, of our sins being forgiven, and our hearts being turned from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh, this new covenant relational reality. 
is, is new and different. And so the Mosaic law was important and significant for the time uh, and very helpful to understand God's character and things. But we now we live uh, in light of the new covenant and obey the law of Christ. And would we, yeah. we would say then that the law showed us what it looked like, what God's saying, listen, I'm going to be relationally faithful to you and I'm calling you to be relationally faithful to me. And the law exposed our inability to be relationally faithful to God. And that and here we live in this covenant with God. God mm. keeps his promises. We don't keep our promises. And that this would ultimately lead us to Jesus, that we would see that God, in fact, is going to need to be faithful for us because that's how broken and messed up we are. Mm. That the law showed us just what a need we had for a Savior. Mm. You know, I've often said to people, you know, if you, could, you, you create a robot and you tell a robot, listen, don't mix fibers, don't eat pig, don't do blah, blah, blah. It could be, you know, moral or ceremonial, right? The, the, the robot's going to get it right, right? It's going to follow the rules. Mm. But, but people, people are different, right? We're not robots. We're not automatons. Like the, we, <laughs> we have a will, and we don't follow God's mm. laws. Mm. And, uh, and it, it really points to, to our brokenness. But I want to I push this, though, um, a little bit, because you and I have a bit of a pet peeve, uh, Kyle and I, and, and that's the way people who, when they shave their head, break the razor. Is that <laughs> is that the pet peeve you're talking about? Or you know, Greg, yeah. sorry guys, <laughs> it's not uh, my fault. Yeah, Mister Mister Superman hair over there. Uh, if that, we have the razor made out of kryptonite, would then it work? Uh, maybe. Hmm. That's worth pondering. Pigs, should you eat pig or not? You know, and people will look at this law and go, God must have had some reason. You know, some sort of, you know, reason for giving them this bizarre law that must have been like, I've heard this so many times, right? Because pigs have diseases. God's thinking, I don't want them to get diseases. Or I've even heard this with circumcision. It's cleaner. Uh, or, you know, you, you, you've heard all those things before. Th- this is to me what get what happens when we forget the main point. Mm-hmm. And, and we come back to Jesus with, and what's the greatest commandment again? Right, that he has to like direct us back. No, no, you got to see the whole story again of where this fits in. But you know, Kyle, Kyle and I have talked about this with the particularly with the pig one. Yeah, so uh, we're changing the subject a little bit from okay, what did God relationally require as far as sexual ethic throughout all the covenants mm-hmm. and and as well as the dietary um, dietary restrictions. Um, so now, what if you read the Old Testament and recognize that you're not under that law? You agree with that, you know, if we've articulated that well, and you agree with that, you're not under, under the dietary law where it's okay to eat bacon, but you're like, well, I'm just not going to do it because, because it, it, God must have some reason, some sort of reason. Like Andy said, it's healthier. Bacon, or you know, I've heard have people high, high fat content or trichinosis or these all these different things that you can get from potentially eating well, bad pork. I, but I've heard people say, no, that's why God gave them that law in the first place. So we should continue that law now. Yeah, and then, so some think, but you might not have to continue that law now because we cook our bacon better than we used to, or maybe it's got less diseases. Uh, yeah, so if, 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 if you think that it's a good idea to reestablish a law that has been fulfilled, so in this case, the dietary law, if you think that's a good idea, that that is actually a law that Christians need to obey, not just, hey, it's a good idea to not eat too much too much fat in your diet in general, but if you think it needs to be reestablished as a law, then what you're in essence saying is that God pulled a huge joke on Peter in Acts 10 by saying, take up and eat all these things that were, were unclean. Mm. And I, and again, I, I want to push back to this idea though, that I don't, I don't think that God was telling the Jews don't eat pigs because they were 
you know, that they carry diseases. I mean, lots of animals carry diseases. Uh, I mean, they weren't supposed to eat snakes either, right? Because they slithered on their belly. Uh, but I, I think that I think that what what's happening here is instead God saying, listen, if you're going to be my set-apart people, if you're going to look different from the Gentiles, I want you to do these things. And that ultimately what you see is the people being unable to follow God's moral law, following God's ceremonial law of what it's going to look like to be a set-apart people. Yeah, so the sexual ethic um, is intrinsically right between uh, uh, one man, one woman for one lifetime. That it was at the beginning, and it continues on. Uh, but the dietary regulations, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with bacon. There was a right. period of time where God said, you know, no. The only intrinsically make, thing wrong with it was because God said, right, right, don't that, do it. <laughs> yeah. During that period of time. But there's nothing um, inherently wrong. If, if, But if you today, like in good conscience, want to say, well, I'm not going to eat bacon because you know, certain dietary things, that's a, that's a, that, that's fine. That's great. Mm. Do that. But don't, don't, uh, impose that on other people as if it is the law of God that needs to be followed now. Or, and I, I think it's significant, sorry to follow up on this, that, uh, speaking of the, the sexual ethic, that the New Testament, the Apostle Paul picks up on this mm-hmm. and, and says, no, 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 listen, I understand this story. I understand what mm-hmm. God's doing here. And this, this sexual ethic still stands. Because this is what it looks like, uh, as he talks about in First Corinthians, this is, this is what it looks like to be in a right relationship in the way that God created us. Yeah, another right. place that Paul picks up is Romans 1, um, as he continues on that sexual ethic and the implications of that, and what it means to really love God and in relationship and love other people. And I think Romans is going to be... Yeah, new. we have a sermon series coming up in September, right after our fall kickoff weekend going through Romans 1 through 3, and I think we're still calling it, it's all your fault. But I'm not sure if that's actually the subtext that we're going with, or if we're just going to be simplistic and call it Romans. We will soon find out. So this out. podcast has come full circle from <laughs> from plugging things in September to now I'm having my second fisherman's friend. Wow. So let's, let's finish this up, though, with tattoos, shall we? Uh, so then it's, it's interesting... What we see then when we come to the passage in Leviticus um, on tattoos, that we would be applying then the same principle that we've just been talking about, uh, you know, throughout. Now, it's interesting, though, because this one's going to be, the, I, one of the things I was arguing in or talking about in my sermon was that verse 26, verse 27, and verse 28 are all talking about ancestor worship and divination. Hmm. It becomes very clear when you read the, those passages that it's, it's in, informing you that if you're going to live in a right relationship with Yahweh, that that means that you can't be um, hmm. seeking out divination. You can't be worshiping other spirits or trying to appease other spirits. There, you, you can't be trying to worship or appease your ancestors. This is this is why the Shema was so significant. Saying there's only one God, there's only one who's all powerful. There's only one who's in control, and there's only one that you should be afraid of. And and then this becomes the message of the Bible, the good news of the gospel is that Yahweh loves you and has a made and has made a way for you to live in right relationship with Him. Uh, the problem for the Israelites, though, and this is this is one of those areas that I that just want to encourage listeners. You know, as you read your Bible, you got to remember you're not reading a 21st century document. You're reading a document that was written to the Israelite people in a specific time in the story. Mm. And so, when we come to Leviticus, we're we're looking at a part of the story where Moses has rescued them from from captivity to Egypt, and that 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 
what's being talked about is the issues that the Israelite people have faced and are currently facing, either from their time in captivity to Egypt or the surrounding nations. And as you continue to read your Bible, you see that these issues of divination, of ancestor worship, were a common theme with them that they struggled with. Were they going to be relationally faithful to God? And so it, it becomes a mistake then to look at that verse and to see that this verse is about a God who's really concerned about um, putting ink on your skin, which by the way, when you look at it, it's talking about cutting yourself and marking yourself, which would imply all sorts of things, scarring yourself for the dead. Um, this would this would include henna, this would include ink, this would include the an actual tattoo. That, sharpies. Yeah, Sharpies. So it's talking about marking your skin for the dead in all of its fashion. Hmm. I think that for the dead is really key. I mean, in all these things, you know, ultimately is is your your love, uh, and not just in a oh I have some kind of warm feelings for God, mm-hmm. what what drives you and motivates you, but is your love in the sense of my my the recognition that God is the greatest being in the universe, the greatest good, my greatest hope, my greatest joy, my greatest satisfaction is is my love for God. What's driving my interaction with with everyone else in the culture and all these different things that are going on around me and all these other relationships. So the love of God drives love for for your neighbor. So let's put this into context then as we apply what we've just studied then. The application would be this. I could I could see a Christian living in a culture in which it would be not a good thing to get a tattoo, in which mm-hmm. I would encourage them not to get a tattoo. And, and I could see that because you could potentially live in a culture in which tattoos are directly occult-related and it would hamper your relationship with the Lord if you were to do that. Uh, maybe it would be gang-related, for example. And and where who you know who uh, what were you, where where is your allegiance? Who do you worship? You know. But then there's other instances where I think the tattoos are totally fine because I don't think it's going to hinder your relationship with God or your relationship with each other. Maybe um, you lost a loved one and you get a tattoo, or you know, to commemorate, or perhaps you just really like the way a certain tattoo looks. However, even in our culture today, where tattoos are very acceptable, uh, the Bible. I wanted. I in the sermon I talked about when I was 18, I wanted to get a, a, a tattoo, but I didn't because my mom asked me not to. And so that was that was a dilemma for and me. And you're thankful for that now, looking back, right? <laughs> I am because I wanted to get a giant <laughs> dragon across my chest. Uh, uh, that's no joke. <laughs> was it like breathing fire too? I believe maybe. Was it maybe? I know that I wanted the tail wrap, the tail wrapping around my side. I thought it would be pretty sweet. But uh, you know, the, but at any rate, in in honor of my relationship with my mom and my love for her, my love for God, I said, okay, you know, uh, you know, I won't get the tattoo. And you know, years later, I'm thankful that I didn't. I think I think that there is some wisdom there, by the way, that that those of you that are thinking about getting a tattoo and perhaps you're young, uh, you got to think to yourself: when I'm 37, which I currently am now, am I going to like everything that I liked when I was 18? And I can tell you right now, that's not the case. <laughs> So you gotta you gotta you gotta make sure when you're gonna do something that's permanent. And I'm sure that when I'm uh, 80, I might not be thinking the same way that I'm thinking now. Yeah, surprisingly, what's cool when you're 18 isn't always necessarily what's cool when you're in your 40s. Exactly. So you might not like that giant dragon on your chest <laughs> when you're 37. If I were to get a tattoo, I think um, you don't have a tattoo. No, I don't have a tattoo. Greg, do you have a tattoo? I'm not tattooed. Okay. I don't have a tattoo. My, uh, just recently I watched uh, 
Beauty and the Beast with my daughter. She's a big Disney princess movie mm-hmm. fan, and and it's better than I remembered it. I had seen it years and years ago, but as I was watching it, I saw this character Gaston. Oh, and, he's bringing it in. And Gaston, and I was watching him, and as he's singing and dancing, I was like, holy cow, Gaston, his arms, looks like Andy's arms. Andy <laughs> has these big biceps and forearms. <laughs> so if I were getting a tattoo, it'd be Gaston, arms and body, but with Andy's face with, instead. With my face. Wow. Isn't that sweet? That's yeah. really special, Kyle. I would I would say I'm deeply instead, disturbed. you should get a tattoo of Gaston and Andy arm wrestling. Oh, do you know what I would do? I'd get a tattoo just to really confuse people here at Northview of Kyle <laughs> on my back with glasses on, though. Because people, would be, they just wouldn't know what to do. So, so you're going to walk around without a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you All right. It. Thank you so much for listening to the Extra Podcast. If you have questions you want uh, the team to answer, you can email those to extra at northview.org. I always get people emailing. Uh, I receive emails from people that sent it into our receptionist and they always will ask, I don't know how to email the extra podcast team. So if you're listening to this, it's by emailing extra at northview.org and we will happily work our way through the questions that we have right now and the ones that we're going to be getting in the next few days. So thanks for listening. Thanks guys for all your contributions and we will see you all at church on the weekend.